25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Werewolf the Apocalypse, a review podcast. Lo, there do I see my father. Lo, there do I see my mother, and my sister, and my brothers. Lo, there do I see the line of my people back to the beginning. Lo, they do call to me. They bid me to take my place among them in the hallowed halls of Valhalla, where the brave shall live forever. Hey folks, DJ here. I just want to take some time to talk about Werewolf the Apocalypse Retaliations by Flyles Games. This soon-to-launch game is brought to you by the same team that's bringing you Vampire the Masquerade chapters, and they just released a trailer to go along with it. We at 25 invite you to check it out at Werewolf the Apocalypse dash retaliation.com to catch a peek at the trailer and be updated of when it'll appear on kickstarter which seems to be early 2022 the game promises to have everything that made chapters endearing to us the fans including scenarios investigations beautiful miniatures and more with that thanks for your time hi everyone welcome back to 25 years of vampire the masquerade presents werewolf the apocalypse going over the get a finish tribe book first edition and with me here today i have nick hello we have dj yo and of course, Brennan. Hey, everyone. I say of course because it's like musical chairs over who we're going to get now and nowadays. But uh, but we get there. We get there. I feel. Um, but just to keep this flowing, folks, get a finished tribe book is something that's come under fire uh, quite a bit. We warned you at the very beginning of starting to review this. Me and Nick had heard rumors. We drudged the internet. We want to hear what cancel culture and worse had to say about it, and we got some pretty disparaging remarks about this tri-book specifically. And we were we were ready for a bombshell. In fact, we, d- we delayed this by one release of a book in order and just decided to just release it as it made sense. Uh, because if you guys don't know, there's a point where second edition launched before they were done with first edition release books mm-hmm. uh, for Werewolf. So we're just mm-hmm. finishing out the first edition, but we were like, Hemin and Han, should we touch a hot button, should not? And you know what? I'm going ahead and saying we touch a hot button. And we touch, touch it with it, no babies. gloves. Touch it, baby. Touch it. No gloves. Get burnt. Figure it out. <laughs> And uh, reason being is because, first off, uh, it, wh- whoever has an issue with the get uh, being anything but a, but just a werewolf tribe and wants to call them uh, skinheads or, or neo-Nazis or whatever, didn't read the first page of this tribe book. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read it at all. You didn't even try to read it. You didn't even yeah. crack a page to read it. You like so, went off of somebody's tangent to complain about something somewhere in the deep dark web, and I ain't let nobody talk on it, man. I got canned heat for this. Nothing pisses me off more than when it's unfounded info, not brought about because it was written weird or maybe it was convoluted or it was puzzlement or flack in the industry or a change in management or a different company got a hold of it or authors quit or there was rage from an employee or an employee was a neo-Nazi or someone else let out disparaging remarks or any of the million other things that could happen that could stick where says it is bad. Uh, none of it. None of it was founded that way. They were just used as villains. Villains for the get offenders to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to make this crystal clear because there were signs, me and Nick, as we were reviewing these books, we're going over, go, that a getter slaughtering the group that decided that they were going to be with the Nazis. This doesn't seem, okay, this is unfounded. Maybe it's, oh man. And you got that sickening feeling like maybe the next book's going to reveal it. And maybe the next book's going to reveal it. And then there's shades and seeds that the get, you know, did this and the get might have done that. And then you get to this book and it's the first edition book, not the revised. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they had the first and then hit it. 
and then a revised corrected. This is like the intent, the reason all along, right? And then when you open it up, what's that comic like, Nick? Well, I'm just going to read the first page right off the top. Sergeant Rage and his killing commandos in the fall of the Warwolves. And a single bubble pops up that says, I may be get you Nazi pig, but I'm all American. As he is unloading <laughs> to a tank that he's just ripped the lid off of. I mean, it's it's action packed. It's it's get being get like you like you want them to be. It's them taking on an evil foe, insurmountable odds, and just them to handle it. It's 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 everything in this comic, even the cheesy one liners from the era it was written in that are that are right in there. And I believe is is I'm taking it from Nick, but it's what he told me got me laughing for a good five minutes. <laughs> it's inglorious bastards rated PG thirteen is yeah, what it's, this is. Right, right, it's like old World War Two. Pulp comic is what you got. It's like watching, it's like reading the old Captain America or like a Hellboy comic. It's just you have werewolves that have werewolf sized Thompson submachine guns that I'm pretty <laughs> sure are shooting solid silver rounds. And they carved in the sergeant symbol on his left bicep. This is this is my all-time favorite intro story, Bob. What the hell is a get without a battle scar? And if that one happens to denote your rank. Well, then I guess you've earned it. Well, then so be it. <laughs> it punches you in the face. It punches you in the face. And then it even has, like, Nazi lines in there. Right? What, what do I mean? They got, like, two. Like, like Rage. Like, Sergeant Rage, you thought you were going to live through this? No, time to die. And then the, another Nazi supporter goes, yeah, time to die. Right? And then, but it's it's just scenes of awesome. Uh-huh. As, as they have sacrifice, if they have uh, uh, daring and bravery and glory and, and everything they everything you want to get to be. In this comic stuff, then they give you a hint as one faction of the Get fought that good fight. And before you think, well, Bob, it's just a comic. Naturally, when you get into the rest of the tribe book, is it? I'm going to buzz you again before we even start. We're going to go through this, and we're going to give them their due diligence is what we're going to do. And I will take the Pepsi challenge with anybody on the internet from this point forward that wants to say the Get Offenders were originally meant to be uh, this, this, this super destructive uh hate breeding group out of game like the intent of the company was to make something that only only nazi fascists could belong to and only they could write because it doesn't make any sense like i'm all about standing up for the causes and, and and everyone having equal rights and everyone being okay but when you look at this and and just just some of the stuff that was said about it and you get to it and i'm like man i how could i miss it i remember telling everybody on here that when I was young and we played when this stuff came out, younger I should say, I don't recall any of it. And how could I be so naive that I missed what folks are saying? And man, was I not sensitive enough? Did I not get it? Only to come back and when we're going through it, go, man, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I don't even want to get there though. I don't even want to get heated until we review that first Ed book. Because the, this is the tribe I play the most of. Mm-hmm. Because I let me tell you right now, I believe in one thing to get a Fender's tribe stands for, and that's strength. Not in strength of lifting, not in strength of the arm, not in strength of the will alone, all those things. That it's hard to be good at something. It is hard to be disciplined in anything. And nothing come, and nothing that comes easy to you is worth remembering. Remember that. Nothing. The only stuff that gets remembered is stuff earned in glory. To earn it in glory is an insurmountable challenge where you were tested and you came out ahead and you have the scars to remember it and the wisdom to give to those who come after you. 
That's that's my core belief. 100%. There's no way I was reading this tribe book and getting anything but, yes, we wrote this book for Bob. Yes, we wrote this book for Bob. The whole nine. <laughs> I was looking for somewhere I could be like, well, I got to hate something out of this book. Like anything. I, I didn't find it. I read every inch of this book again today just to be like, oh, look at all my notes. I have I have rooms of notes of looking up stuff. And I will tell you, there's one point where I found that I hate it, but it has nothing to do with the authors. Nothing to do with what was wrote in this book, but a, but a mm. research is another damning effect that happened with the internet that they didn't have when this book came out. And uh, there's there's some there's some travesties that were done to some good names historically. But uh, I digress. We have a distant past to get a friendless that kicks off. And uh, I can think of, of none better to start a kickoff than good old DJ. And why do I say DJ? Because it's like a bus I'm throwing them under. My main DJ, you have a habit of not missing a step when we go somewhere. So you just go on. I'll stop you when it's time to divert the attention here as we need to, man. Hit us up. Sure. So the thing that the get speak about, especially when it comes to the past, is one of the biggest tropes is that get our Vikings. But that's that's not the case. They've had, existed since time immemorial. One of the things that they speak about, and I think one of the better lines to that caught my attention, is that they say, or at least from you know whoever's telling the tale, we were not the first Garu, but we will be the last. And I think that's one of the better mm. lines to kind of throw out there, to at least throw down the gauntlet. It doesn't matter where they ended up coming, but because they are the best, this is what breaks the mold. We are what break the mold. And because of it, they start going through their history in terms of how they ended up coming. There's time in between in which they've always kind of been around, they've moved forward, but in strength ended up becoming the bigger thing of what they were better known for because of that. They brought that towards the ages. Um, especially moving forward from it, they tell you that they're not only from, you know, they're they're from Scandinavia, they're from Germany, they're from Iceland, they come from all these locations. So it's not just bound to one location, but they definitely tell you they did end up coming from the north. And it's because of that north that they do have a lot of that hardiness from which they draw a, a lot of their past. Um, eventually, moving forward, you know, they'll start talking about how they start getting into a getting rather becoming better known amongst the Vikings and such like that, along with their lineage. Um, but primarily, that's exactly where they kind of start covering a lot of the ground. What they do mention, though, especially is this is where they also start talking about how the identity of the Get starts to become very real. Once again, as Bob had mentioned, this is the tribe of the strong, the strong in all aspects. There is no weakness. In fact, the, the first thing that you kind of think about, especially how it's written, is it, it makes you think of Conan talking about Krom. About the fact that there's no one else. It doesn't matter whether there is or is not a god. In this case, we obviously know that Fenris does exist for them. But there is no way to brook weakness in such a tribe because they've survived such hardships. And that's what they build a rock upon. It's super interesting, right? So they, they tell the story about how, you know, they're, they're all from the north. But they also go and make a point that they aren't alone in the north and they weren't alone in the north. Which means whenever they fractured from wherever they fractured, they don't care about that because they weren't Fenris at, they weren't the get of Fenris at that point, right? Whenever they split off from whatever tribe they were and then forged their culture of hardened men in the north, they found some remnants of, of what passed as men up there, and they found some remnants of what passed as Guru up there, and those were quickly removed uh, so that uh, it could easily be this little culture of just the, the toughest, you know, like root-eating, bark-eating, uh, insane people who <laughs> could survive any hard time. Um, the it's one way to <laughs> insane people is my favorite part about that. Uh, the 
Uh, the, the, the part I want to point out, though, is the spiritual life, because they, they were werewolves, like you said. But there's an important piece of this. First off, they're not called Avgeta Fenris in the beginning. They're not called that at all. Fenrir. No, they're called they're called Fenrir, but that's only after, like like Nick said, they're still just like werewolves mm-hmm. at this yep. point. They don't get Fenris until uh, Gaia asks Fenrir or Fenris for help, right? And it's like and it's like basically make it seem like and Gaia looked out and saw the weakness of her children, and there yep. was no one that had the strength <laughs> to be what they were. Now this is the part I have fun with this book, right? This is where of course they're going to say they're the best, right? Well, who puts yep. themselves as the worst and and in that card, this is the same the same vein. But they say that they're the Fenrir here because they're the claws of Gaia. They say that specifically, right? They don't say that they're the claws of Fenris. They're the claws of Gaia. Therefore, they're but they're Fenrir made. So that's their Fenris made. So they're the Fenrir, the sons of Fenris, basically is what that is. Yep. And, they, and they go on to serve as Gaia's claws, right? Another distinction is they're brutal and savage at this point. They're they're the wild perfect. They're all five forms melded or all all like. See, well, there is no menace here at this point, but it's lupus and it's hominin into one for mm-hmm. breed-wise. But they, they wear those forms well. They know what to do. Their changing is what it is. And they talk about Roman before the Iron Age. So this is well before we're dealing with anything of Viking, right? We're nowhere right. near that time. What we Even have before on. the Bronze Age, right? It was yep. like Fenris had to like walk up behind them and then whisper the secrets of bronze in their ear and be like, I want you to pick up swords. I want you to brandish shields. I want you to be warriors of men. And this, and then all comes right. It's the the man's of Fenris is what we're talking about. And that's after they decide they choose the North people and, and why they chose the North people is because they were hardy. That's the thing to remember. They had the whole world to choose from. They didn't randomly choose them. They didn't happen to be up there. It was, if you're in the spirit world, in the Umbra, and you're Fenris, and you're looking out, what people are worthy of your efforts? And he chose a place, and the Fenra were born. It's cut and dried it out. Now, we're not saying this is ironclad, obviously. This is a history of a tribe told by the tribe. But I would argue what a very, very good galliard of the tribe is like throwing through here, making you feel a get. As, mm-hmm. uh, as they wrote this out. And it's, and it's good they did, right? Because you want to have that, that piece. And uh, much like Nick said, though, taking over, says that, uh, you know, Fenris had some odd demands. That's what rolls through. One was to use weapons, right? Go make them, learn to use them. And then demanded an improvement of fighting skills. <laughs> right, immediately rolled into this. But there's a method here. Some people would read through this and maybe go buy it and go, well, there we get. That makes sense. But, but, but hold up. They had a purity of fighting. They didn't need a weapon before this, right? They didn't use any of that. And you and that puts it in perspective. Yep. That also means they weren't using any tool of the weaver. Yep. Right? They mm-hmm. they were strictly as they were intended to be, no different. So the ghetto are obedient to what they were made for, obedient to Gaia, obedient to Fenris's word. They were disciplined in that regard. So this paints a different picture than the savages running around doing whatever they wanted, being crazy and berserk and blah, blah, blah. Uh, as much as it is, they're doing their duty. This is what was asked for them. This is what they're here for. Now, There's also something in here that's really tricky, and it's easy to pass over. And that's, uh, that's uh, he started talking about how they honored those who fell in great battle during this time. And I believe that paints like the, the glory of the culture uh, for here and this point forward. Honoring those who died and those who died gloriously in song, in poem, and in deed, and honoring their death with beautiful funerals, that, uh, that I think is one of the most important and critical things that really paints this tribe. 
it's you start to get an idea of the culture that was taken with it. But and they're big on saying it comes from their kinfolk, like that development of that of that nature to honor who fell and everything else that that comes from kin. That's that's the right mixing of blood, and that's the testament of who they are. It becomes a point to where um, what came first, you know, the Norse or the Get, and that's that's because of this mixing of 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 the blood. And uh, that's not to say that the you know obviously the German blood wasn't there because Germania was there and it is in their blood. We haven't quite got there just yet for in in totality. It does have an important part, but just for others and to note that this is World of Darkness, they do befriend the Fae. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, which is struck me as weird because in the same section they talk about how they may have run across like the pure ones, right? Or it might have been the White Hallers of the Fianna. And what they did with them is they fought with them because they weren't taking care of the. Either they weren't taking care of the territory, they just couldn't hold it, which meant the Get had to protect it, right? And then it gets to the Fae, like, yeah, we made alliances with them, like out of that ones, right? But uh, it was only some of them. They go on to say, you know, they were really yeah. only friends with the dwarves. It was the trolls and the giants that they warred with consistently. Well, war's a tough term, because it wasn't. They, that's not how they, it's, it's not how they see it. It's easy to get that from it, but if you look at it again, and I did it a couple times, I made sure to take this note. Uh, what they're talking about is that the dwarves taught them how to use the secrets of iron, right? As in, of all the fae, they, they didn't get along with some, and you can imagine the ones they didn't get along with. Probably <laughs> the she, right? You have this high court falute nonsense that's not us. But the dwarves are like, ah, you like iron boy or however dwarf sounds in fantasy setting. And, you know, <laughs> they come walking over and get her like, well, what can you do with it? Ah, uh, you have an axe? Now that's an axe. And the get-go, and so it is. Here's some mead. Let's go talk. Oh, look what I found. This short midget from the stone made this. Ah, midget no more. Great in the stature of the get. That's what Fenris demanded. Aha, great. Tossed him a couple times, and you got to go home. I don't know how that worked out, but it's the dwarves. You know? Tossed him know. a couple that's, of times. <laughs> but then there's... Uh, for but then for there's, the British people, that's not what you think it means. <laughs> uh, the, the trolls <laughs> and, and the Jotun. Right, this mm -hmm. is the giants. Right, if you're confused by the terminology here, and uh, right. how that goes is a little different. Right, the trolls were were not like they were they were rivals. Right, the trolls, if you know Faye, and they even hint to this in this book, were basically they kind of think like the get do. You know, you're only the strongest if you can prove you're the strongest, and we're willing to test it. And so, to them, they had fighting buddies. Trolls get together, you want to brawl? Let's have a go. They could go all out on each other, and hey, all right, good fight. See you tomorrow. Yeah, maybe I got to heal. And one hit hurt. Yeah, here, put some salve <laughs> on it. You're strong. Move on. Cool. He thumbs up. Hey, did you know the Jotner come tomorrow? Oh, I'll be there. Right? <laughs> and why? It's not like a buddy showing up for football. The Jotner were raiding the Get Offenders' homes and stealing their women. And, and just, just leaving, taking them and gone. And so the Get had to go kill them. That was the <laughs> that's it. Open and closed. And that's and that's how that distinction works out. But then the way they say it is just like this is what you do. All right, so what we did, it's, it was a mythic age. It was a time of heroes, and, and heroes did their thing. But here's a very important distinction. I mentioned there was something I saw that I was like, really kind of got my goat, because it got my curiosity. The Roman invasions, right? Mm. Um, I got a, mm. it, Dude, when this book came out and I had it, I saw Roman history. We're too far back. I'm not playing in that era. I skipped over it, right? I was like, okay, Rome comes, get conquer. We move on. All right, let me get to the part where my ST said this. I got that. Here's the powers, troll skin's cool. We move on, right? I remember distinctly using this book in that capacity, probably how most people do. However, when I reread this, and I read that the battle of the the, the Teotuberg uh, forest was in here, and it's a it's a super important battle in history, right? 
uh, this battle made it to where Rome could not conquer east of the Rhine. And Rome, this is Rome in its height. This is Rome in its yep. power is, is total. And what they did was they made, they left an opening here. They sent three legions over. Just tell a story. Three legions come over and they come over with a Roman governor. And uh, he has a highfalutin fancy name. Um, Varus is uh, what it is, but it's, uh, let me see here. Commander Publius Quintilus. Quintilus. Yeah, Publius Quintilus Varus is who comes over, right? <laughs> governor of Rome, and he comes with three legion of Roman soldiers, right? So that's 15,000 soldiers. That number I looked up on purpose to get that decent so you can get in perspective what, what happens according to the get. Now, for here in history, note that the important thing here is that Arminius is a Roman knight. They had a title of knight that you can earn in Rome. And what it is is that Roman friendly is what we're going to call it because that's how even the Wikipedia research article called it and a person <laughs> wrote it. It meant that when Rome was interested in taking over a territory, they kind of had an open rule. If you're willing to serve in their military during this conquest era and proved of service, you can earn the right to be a citizen and then earn rank and privileges within the army serving to Rome. Now, what you don't know about Arminius was that he was a prince uh, to the Cherushi uh, Germanic tribe. Is what it is. Many Germanic tribes in that, in that, in that time, uh, they were not as one, but he is a prince of it. And when he came over and earned his rank and distinction, becomes a knight of Rome, they, Varus asked him to come with them on campaign to come and take the territory of his homeland over. But as a Roman citizen, you know, as because he's Roman now, you shouldn't have a problem coming to do it. What Arminius does is that uh, the whole point of him joining seems to be to learn Roman tactics because they knew Rome was coming to conquest. And so he joined to become whatever rank he could become and learn how Rome fights. And he gave this info to the Germanic people, specifically his tribe, to spread the word to know how they fight, to know what they do. So when these three legions came over, they were coming over to a trained group of people who had an idea, more than an idea, of how the Romans fought. And so what Arminius does is that he unites the Germanic peoples and slaughters all three legions. Done. Like to just the worst loss Rome takes on record is dealt here, and it single-handedly stops that progression east of the Rhine. Why it's important is it broke my heart to read that on the same article, you know, the even the author was, was bothered by it, as much to say he's emotionally triggered, uh, to know that uh, the celebration of the 2,000 years ago when he did this, uh, people in Germany couldn't celebrate a hero of theirs because World War II Nazis saw this guy's name and used it in a, in a, in a dark light. And then they took it as, as to mean something for them. And because they touched it, that meant that the Germans cannot be proud of Arminius and, and what he did for their people, even though he saved their way of life. He united them to, to, to fight an enemy that was coming in to take what was theirs and enslave them all. And I just want to make that immortal here in a podcast as immortal as we could do it, because that's bullshit, right? He, this is well before any of that hate mongering came out and they were oppressed fighting a total empire that couldn't be stopped. And he risked all to save his people and do well. And that should be noted for all time. You know, know that name. Now, the get side of things, to get off the soapbox, they tell it pretty humorous, right? In my opinion, I couldn't stop laughing. Reading the history part of it, going back and hearing what the get said happened. The get say they had a rotogar, a ragabash, he's going around, Right. They're from the Northlands, and that's great, but Germany still considered their land as well. And as the Rotogard goes down there with his pack, and he's checking it out, he sees Roma marching, coming over, and he's like, yeah, well, 
Let me go across to these seps. Let them know what's going on. Our kinfolk are going to need a hand. You know, just just talk to them. And he says, hey, anybody got, like, uh, these pups that are, haven't gone through a rite of passage yet? And the seps are like, yeah, here's seven. Here's some people. So they take Carl and Johannes and, and, and Helga and, and Hilde and whoever else. And they're like, yeah, here you go. And they say, well, your rite of passage is to fight the three legions of Rome on your own. <laughs> Just a small right? thing. And right? Honestly, rank, we're going easy on you. And you get a right. And you get a ring sitting back there. Uh, if they're get, they'll live through this. They'll do it. Right? Well, Arminius goes, and Arminius is a kinfolk to them, right? That's what it says. Arminius goes, well, guys, Rome's tactics is going to pull them through this, this choke point, this place in the forest. We're going to guard the back end so nobody gets out to survive. It's got to be total. We got to show Rome we're not messing around, and this is how you do it. Yeah, well, the, the get meet them before they get there. All seven. And they do what get do, which is whoop that ass. Right? That's what they say. They went there and slaughtered in mass 15,000 people. And then they add, well, according to the legends, like a couple dozen got passed and Arminius' people handle it and blah, blah, blah. I was tickled. I was completely tickled to learn that it was like that hand wavy as they were like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that battle, we did it, we're done. We move on. It's just to show that our kin are awesome, but we're still better. Right? <laughs> it's like totally stealing it. Um, do you guys, I mean, just out of curiosity, I mean, I, I probably already know the answer. Do you think seven pups have even undergone a rite of passage? We're going to stand a hope in hell against 15,000 trained Roman soldiers to come through and stop anything. I, n- no, I, I, I don't <laughs> like across like an even battlefield. Like, cause I mean, Jesus Christ, attrition is a thing even for werewolves, right? Over a long enough time span. Now, if they actually took like the, the actual choke point, right? They pulled the 300 thing and they just went through so that there's only like, you know, 20 in front of them at a time. Yeah, I think they could. But uh, I also I also don't know how to feel about every time there's a, a a book on a group. Anytime there's a historical event that pops up, it's always like, oh, the supernatural group did it. Well, like, and here's the thing. They're, t- they're tasteful with it. It's, they didn't cause it. They're big in, in this one, in this book in particular, of pointing out that, all right, we're going to steal some. Why? Because it's fiction. It's a fiction book. This isn't a history mm-hmm. book. It's a fiction book. And where the people did do this is the history that did come up. We had a part in it. We were over here. Here's why this happened, and we may have had a hand in it, or we directly had a hand in it, and have fun with it. So that's the entertainment effect. So I'm not putting that stink on it. What I'm saying is the lesson here for me was to, like, if you – because remember, this this tribe book, these first-ed tribe books are written as if you're sitting in a moot hearing it from them, right? Mm-hmm. This elder sitting yes. down taking the time to yep. instill in you these ideals. And what are they saying? You will get no mercy – from us about how tired your arm is, about how tough it is today, about how, oh, no, your head hurts, you're, you're tired, or what? Remember, there were seven pups, 15,000, they faced them, they won. And, and they went on to get rank and privilege. What are you going to do today other than listen to a story? The, the I think best that's part I like about this. Go ahead, sir, you first. The best part I like about this is, is they kind of started it out like, yeah, we had... We had seven, uh, uh, you know, these cubs working together for the first time. Usually we would just send one out to do this, but we thought because it's three Roman legions, we would send out, you know, these seven, you know, but, you know, so we broke tradition. It, it wouldn't be the last time we did this, but keep in mind, you know, people had to go through harder stuff before. Yeah. Also, don't get me wrong. I am always down for any seven samurai illusion that pops up. Right. 
And that's then I didn't I didn't get about that. But DJ, go ahead. I was about to say, I think that's one of the things, especially if you've been following us and listening to these tribe books, is it's always that hype machine, right? It's literally like you being at a bar and you just being, it's like a J.J. Abrams movie. <laughs> it's fine because everything's just, bl- it's like a Michael Bay movie. Everything's just blowing around. It's especially just totally everywhere. out there. But it, it always right? starts off the same way, right? Gaia chose them. Why would you need weapons when you're already the perfect killing machine? It's because they want to test you to prove that you're harder than hard. And so just give us more weapons. We'll get harder. And even on top of that, Seven, you would have figured, right? In at least American history, we have Paul Bunyan. Whose name is like he's larger than life. He's cutting down trees. He's, you would have figured at one point one of their seven names would have gotten immortalized in this section, but you're too drunk off of hype for it. So I think that's what makes it awesome is because you're like, wait, what? Seven? And you caught it, Bob. But most people <laughs> reading would have been like, yeah, seven? Yeah, that, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Why wouldn't it be? It's Gad, of course. Oh, they, they, well, there is a person whose name they do mention uh, a little bit coming yes. up here. We're not, yes. we're not there. It's what little, they did earn that is, is don't ruin why. it, Nick. It's a little bit. I'm not up. rooting anything. It's a little bit coming up. I'm alluding. But what I got, well, because I got to, we're going to make these important parts for you jackals to get a hold of the hot buttons you want to sluice through. Let's, let's make sure we get <laughs> all of it, right? Total here. Uh, so, and fun on every bit of the book. I just mean, let's follow the thought here. So the Rome falls, right? And I like how they get tell it. It's not a whole lot of detail about what ruler. They tell you people came, went, folks died, whatever. But they're important <laughs> to tell that the cowards are stricken from the record. Those who were weak or cowardly, we will never talk about. They're gone. That's it. Yep. And so that's why it's kind of a short history, right? It's what it gives you the impression of. Um, but the fall of Rome, they talk about something you probably wouldn't have thought. I certainly knew somewhere this. I thought I read that the Black Furies did get along with the Geta Fenris once upon a time, and they yeah. certainly did. And this is when they united against Rome. Now, you may wonder why. Well, in the world of darkness, Rome, this is across everything, period, that they've made, was corrupt, highly corrupt and tainted by the worm, and did a whole bunch of devilry, right? They had, they had evil Malkavians and nonsense amongst them, too. The whole nine. So... Not a shock to me that even now they don't unite to do it, but they talk about the Black Furies and the Fianna teamed up with them to destroy Rome, right? They just simply say that. They just put them right into the right into the rubble. Now, take that away. Yeah. What are they really saying? That Rome, even when it fell apart and everything else, you know who won? The barbarians they tried to conquer, right? Rome was too arrogant. They thought we took this territory with an army. Well, they're gone and dead. No, you left loose mm-hmm. ends. They're out there amassing strength mm-hmm. and figuring out what to do. Is how it went. And Roman history will teach you that's exactly how an empire crumbles is hubris. But now the end of the mythic age, Nick, you were talking about someone. I know you were getting to it, but let's let's tell it real. I was. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, yeah, there's a there's a fellow that pops up by the name of Get a Fenris Slays Grendel. <laughs> uh, it may sound familiar to you uh, because, well, it's exactly who it is. They're talking about Beowulf. And uh, and the, they're saying quite simply, of Denmark, you can't mm-hmm. miss it. Not of Norway, not of Sweden, not of Iceland. Beowulf of Denmark. Damn. It's a, and they're saying it. Uh, it they're matters, saying it quite simply. Me. This is this is Beowulf, and uh, and he slays Grendel, and Grendel is of course worm. Uh, what else would they be? Uh, so. It, it's interesting to me, you know, because they, they go through the uh, through little details of it, you know, talking about, uh, you know, mages being involved in, in parts of this. Obviously, the Fae being involved in parts of it. But uh, the most important thing they talk about is, uh, 
you know, this this guy going through and driving the mages out of the Black Forest uh, as well in this. So, uh, you know, they make allusions that possibly Verbena or whatever it is down in Germany. No, and, uh, you know, allusions he, nothing. It absolutely is Verbena, right? They're clear, right? It's Verbena mages that are there. And I, I'm only making a distinction, not that Nick has to memorize everything, but these are things, these are hot buttons. I'm going to make sure fans, they want to hear this, right? <laughs> it's absolutely Verbena mages that they go after because this guy doesn't get wounded because he, he fights just anybody, right? If you know the story of Beowulf, you know right. he fights Grendel. Even the creature that Grendel is has no, they, they don't know what it was. Right. Right. That's the important thing. It said it could summon the dead. You you may think it might have been, I don't know, some sort of necromancer, but they know it, it was allied with the leeches, but it wasn't one. And it wasn't a mage, but it used them. And it's, well, yep. well what could it have been? Who knows? Some big, nasty, evil, and it had a mom and he killed them both. Right. There's only one thing you know for sure, and that it was Worm. Uh, it could be whatever worm you design it to be uh, in in your own mind, as your as your you know uh, your regabash tells the story, or the uh, you know your um, your scald, as uh, as we'll put it in the uh, in the Fenris way. Uh, but uh, what really knocked me off my seat was when they talk about how how he died, and uh, and he died in a fight with a giant dragon. And, uh, and, and then they say, oh, well, fire. it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a dragon, right? It was a, it was a Zmi. It was a, a talon of the worm. One of the five, the nameless one, who's obviously struck from the record because we don't talk about things of the worm that way, was struck from the record dead under the blows of, uh, of, Get a Fenris slays Grendel, and then in the process, of course, it costs you know Get a Fenris slays Grendel his life because all good hero stories require sacrifice. It's an interesting thing, right? Uh, but the most important part about this guy is that the tribe takes his name. Right, that's really it was the a most monumental Im- achievement that he made. They go on at length to say if he hadn't stopped it there, it would have swept across all of Europe. And yeah, maybe the Silver Fang say, oh, he killed like a baby's me. Like, no, we know what it is, all right? We know the score. We're now somewhere in there. Somewhere in there is the truth. Somewhere in there. <laughs> it's, it's a story told. It's a story told and you got to tell it in order, right? When he was at least yep. tangible, we could touch this guy. He fights some unbelievable Bane monster thing people, but he fights the first Samuel hate. Is what it seems like he goes up against, right? But worm oh created, boy. right? Just he's everything, right? right? And he single-handedly deals with them. He goes from that unscathed to fight uh, the Verbena mages because he had to throw them out. We don't even know why he had to fight them, but we know the Verbena yep. mages burned him with fire. They wounded him. And from the wounded fight, he goes to take out the dragon of fire. And that's and what it is. And it's the nameless one. And it's all this terror that they're talking about. And it's not just a rehash, it's to point out. In chronological order, this guy was going to die, period. Right? Yep. But the tale of the story, you start simple, but everything everything you do has to be more epic as you go along so that glory is yours to be had. And, and you're remembered forever. And in glory, you're honored. And so they go, well, <laughs> to honor him, yeah, we'll all be get offenders. That's what it is going forward. Fenrir no more. We're not the sons of Fenris. We're the get offenders. That's uh, a... <laughs> 
Okay. You know, I I'll be honest with you, Bob. The, the story has to go that way, right? Because after you kill a bear with your bare hands, <laughs> when you punch out the drunk guy in the corner of the bar, nobody writes a poem about it. Nobody. Of course. Who starts shit with the guy who killed a bear with his bare hands? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, this, like, I just, I'm just trying to imagine this mood where, you know, you're undergoing your rite of passage and you're that get offenderous in this book. And this book can be used as that, right? Like quote the parts of it, tell the history from it, which I hoped, mm-hmm. I hope that's how it was used mostly and gets you still. Yep. And, and just to watch the look on players faces as you're telling them of all this stuff and ancestor did, how they earned their name. Right. Cause what's next? And the speaker naturally has to go and he's my distant great, 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 great uncle. That's who's talking to you, right? Like, okay, this has got to be the most epic story ever told. Like, nobody make jokes yet. Why? Well, I'm pretty sure he'll knock us out. Right? I just had that feeling, right? Are you proud yet? Are you proud yet? It's like, yeah, we're there. We're good. Um, but we digress. The Viking era is something to point out, too, because as Brennan pointed out, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of name dropping that they do, right? Um, I, put, I put down the hot points here, you know, right? Because uh, Fenris demanded they called the week, which is the important point of the Viking era. And uh, yes. this yeah. just gives rise as to why the get suddenly decided to rove about doing what they did. And it makes perfect sense from their point of view. Uh, Fenris says the other tribes are getting lax and thus weak and not fulfilling their purpose. The whole reason the get of the Fenris were made is because Gaia asked them to be her claws because mm-hmm. none of the other wolves would, were doing their job. So mm-hmm. now that he's like, hey, go figure out what tough is. Like, we need to call... And do the system, you know. You know how you guys are doing it yourselves. Make sure everybody's that way because we got to prepare for the end. All right, yeah, we'll go do it. And they leave to go do it, but then their kinfolk are like, "Well, yeah, we're uh, we're we're Vikings now. We're gonna go Viking." You know, that's that's it. You know, you go a Viking, you're not a Viking, but that that's what they did, right? So Viking gutter. That's what they do. And in terms of going around, though, the important distinction here is an old axe to grind. Uh, me and Nick had the reverse. We were telling you about all the pure lands and land bridges and why they had to go. First off, the Gettifenders point out that Gaia had to stop uh, the uh, the worm in its tracks, and so she she dropped the Ice Age. <laughs> it was an it was an attempt to stop the yep. worm even back then from coming over. And the Gettifenders were trying what they could along with the Red Talons out in the wilds to do what they could with the Black Furies. These are all the wild based tribes, right? Gettifenders are wild based, right? That's what they support at this point. Because they're following what Fenris says. And that's what they got to mm-hmm. do. After the Ice Age, the Pure Ones have already made that journey. It's done. right? They're across the land bridge, all that fun stuff. Well, now they're coming back to see him again. And Leif Erikson, son of Eric the Red, um, is, a, is a werewolf. Now, his, his kin arrived there first. right? They try to say he got lost. He didn't get lost. And this, this is the part that cracks me up. It wasn't Leif Erikson who got lost. It was this kinfolk who got lost. <laughs> and they found the Americas first, right? They get there, and basically <laughs> the so-called pure ones, the natives there, run them off. I make that distinction because when you guys read it, you're just going to see them called the pure ones. I don't want any misconception. They're referring to the native Americans who were there. And it's not their kinfolk that ran off the kinfolk. It's the werewolves that ran off the kinfolk, calling them Wormbringer, right? They came there, get out of here, and they ran them out on a rail. Mm-hmm. Well, they get back to Lee Erickson, and they're deciding what areas to go to, and, you know, they don't got any problems with the Wendigo or the Utena or none of that. But when word gets back, they were ran off by werewolves. Like, who would do that? What werewolf would consider you a worthy foe? 
And that's how they make it seem, right? Like they ran all the way back and told Lee Ferguson, yeah, you know, that's... And Lee Ferguson said, nope, take me back there. It's like, what? Yeah, we're going now. We're going to go have a talk with these werewolves. And they head back. And what do they do? Lee Ferguson stays there a couple years doing what? Kicking the ass out of everybody with a hand involved in running his kinfolk off any other place. Because he said it was a different call when my kin got here and my kinfolk were running around. You guru can run them off. That's fine. But now we're guru to guru and it's a different story and you're not as strong as us. So we'll take this cairn and we'll take that cairn and we'll take this territory and this protectorate. And it's not be just because you were too weak to defend it. Yeah, it was because of that. And you should have been strong enough to repel them and they would have respected that by their beliefs. It's also because you were to be tested, you were found wanting. You could have talked yep. to the kinfolk. You were guru. You could have figured out why they were there. You could have done a lot and you didn't. And so they kind of paint themselves a victim slash fighting the bully here a bit, you know, and, and it's a different perspective. Now, they also highlight, well, wait a second, that couldn't have been the only thing. We got to remember, when they get originally look at the Pure Lands and they get there, they also see that these, these people are, uh, they lose the ability to hunt as they talk about it. They state it very clearly. Well, because there's signs of agriculture. You know, the natives have farms. They have, you know, domesticated animals that they're using for meat. And they have plants that they're growing and easier to get. They don't have to hunt and gather anymore. Well, what do we just talk about the get being one of the, one of the tribes that are about the wild? And they're not on the cusp. They're not in the up and up. So when they get here, all they see are weak people living as easy as they can. Not lost, you know, growing long in the tooth is, is another way to look at this. And so yep. that's why they test them. That, they use that as saying, Lee Ferguson went, do you see? People are weak. Now we're going to deal with them. And that's what they did. They came forward and handled it. Except we got to take a liberty here. You know as well as I do, yes, the, the people of Scandinavia farmed. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's not forget this. But this is at the beginning of the Viking era. So we'll give that. And later on, maybe they wise up. But who? what came first, the chicken or the egg? This is where you got to get the fiction involved here, right? The hand wave. They're pointing out a particular point to have contention to explain why the get offenders get into it uh, with the tribe, the pure tribes, right? The Wendigo and uh, Utena. And uh, I, think, I think it's a fun little, this is why we justify us going over there and kicking the shit out of everybody. You don't get too I, I thought it was funny too because the way I saw it was like we were cool until they tagged us, but you tagged us, we got to tag you back. That's exactly how I do it. Like you, you don't tag us, we tag you back. It's like when someone, uh, you know, like when you're sitting at your house and your little brother comes in with a black eye, and you look over like, where the hell did that come from? I didn't do that. And like, oh yeah, wasn't this bully at school. You're like bully at school. <laughs> Show me where this is. Right. It's, it's almost like a hopeless thing because it's like, where, where does that stop at? They're going to come over and do it and they're just going to find reasons to be here. And they did, right? Because they allude to the fact, because we know that the Black Furies were pissed off at them too, right? Because they like jump ahead and are talking about, oh, and the Black Furies are going to tell you, ah, those, 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 those she bitches are going to tell you that uh, we helped the humans <laughs> burn them during the witch trials. <laughs> no get what stoop so low to do that. Not a single one of our Rodegar would actually go and decide to fight that way. If we were going to do them in, they're mad because we beat them head on. They showed up, we showed up, we matched snout to snout, and we won. Simple as that. And I'll meet them again. You just tell them where we are. It has shades of that. You know what I mean? And I and I couldn't help but laugh at it. But they immediately back it up by going, we got nothing bad to say about the Red Talons. <laughs> yep. not at all other than yep. we're, we're sad we're gonna have to mourn them in a couple of years when they're all freaking gone that's the worst thing they had to say about them 
Uh, well, they, we, they met Warrior to Warrior, and the Red Talons were like, yeah, you know where we're at. You're on our territory? Yeah, let's see you. <laughs> Come here, monkey. Let's see what you can do. You know, I'm uh, I'm all that is wild. <laughs> and when they met that fight, it was like, whoa, okay. Well, And then the Get were like, well, what, are, what is our problem with the Red Talons? Nothing. They're awesome warriors. Okay, well, then let's leave it alone. Yeah, <laughs> but they keep eating our kinfolk. They're like, what, can you tell them to leave our kinfolk alone and we'll stop having to... Anybody here? We got some lupus. They're going to figure it out. Maybe we'll mingle the blood a bit. <laughs> that shit hope it out a little bit. Maybe we'll figure it out. You know, oh, but you man, I would not want to see those lines is? cross. Because see. also think about during the end of the after the fall of Rome, they were cool in the gang with the Black Furies and the Fiana. Up until they specifically say, "Yeah, we were cool in the gang with them," but like as all things go, they tried pushing their agenda on us, and we were not about it. Wait a second, but you're pushing your agenda because it's all about strength, and you got to make sure you check other people. So yeah, when other people DJ, try checking but on DJ, you, but DJ, their agenda I'm not is a no. holy mandate from Gaia and Fenris Wolf themselves. Whereas I am <laughs> not saying no, I'm just saying that's where it becomes funny when you're listening to the Skald telling the story. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, they they do they do talk exactly about why they have a problem with the Fianna. Because they, they talk about their early raids into Britain, and they talk about the Fianna, and they say, you know what, we, we met these guys, they were all right warriors. But then they got laxy. They, they started drinking, they started singing songs, they, picked they started up dancing harps. a lot. Yeah, and they put down their beautiful swords and their, their claves and their warrior-like culture, and they all just started sitting around in circles, telling tall tales over-exaggerated, drinking too much. And what happens? The true warriors amongst them, these white howlers, march out to meet the worm, and then they fall to it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not your fault, because any warrior knows you pick your battle and you pick how you die, right? The only way to make change mm-hmm. is to go and fight it. You can't sit back and talk about it. And so that's what the white howlers did, and we'll respect them there, except they fell the worm, screw those scumbags, they suck, they're nothing, and they're weak. And we'll, we'll deal with them but, later. But, you know, it, we, we, won't, we won't necessarily strike their names from the record yet because you got to know who we're talking about. But right. from here on, those guys. But, but, but watch the Fianna. They're getting lazy. Always That's right. lazy. Right? The comment I loved in there when they talk about it where it's almost a thing at the Irish where they're like, they'll sleep with anyone. Oh, yeah. They'll sleep with right? anyone. Like there's a jealousy shot that goes out there. Yep. Like, they're out there making medicine. Everywhere, <laughs> they got gimp claws. This one's missing their eyesight. Like, what are they I doing? I, for one, think that there is some uh, jealousy there because if I were at a moot, I'd want to hang out with the Fianna over the get. All right, I want to pregame with the Fianna. I need to get drunk enough to hang out with the get. Like, yeah, several of them are all right. But their their arm wrestlings have you know. I'm probably gonna lose a finger. I can't be sober for this. Then I'll go talk with the get. Yeah, I get it. You don't know how to earn your beer. <laughs> Right, that's, that's what I heard too. So, all right, it's gonna be a little rough for you, uh, but the but the Fianna are, are passionate fighters too. I mean, that's the point here is that they're, they're talking about a rivalry. Here, I feel they're not as much as chastised the Fianna as they're literally just like a little piss. I'll take a little piss yep. right out of them. You know what I mean? Like drink too much, the camera. Yeah, if it weren't us watching them, you know, they wouldn't be worth the damn. Right, sort yep. of thing. Oh, if we didn't save them from the Romans, right. like let's be realistic. <laughs> And right, if, As they were beaten back to their tiny little <laughs> island, <laughs> and then they talk about the fact that they have get that still are still in England, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the point yep. of all this that they're there, and they talk about their people settled there, and uh, they have a distinction there, and they got to be tough to live there. 
they don't have a choice. But you'll see English with with blue eyes and and blonde hair and strength in them, and that's because it's you know shades of our ancestry are, are still out there, and that's that's okay. Yep. And our blood needed to mingle because the strength of the peoples needed to be there, and that's that's what it is. And as we know, um, that that whole of Europe, we were all parked from one place and spread out, and we don't need to get into that. Um, but how they write in this book too, I do appreciate that when it seems like they're talking about one group's better than the other, they, they're quick to point out. No, what they're saying is is that when tested and proven to be strong, that's who they say is their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That you gotta prove it. Otherwise you're you're just saying you exist, and that's that's not good enough for them. Now, a great thing happens too in this book I enjoy. When the authors write about, there's a point where all the, the mythic age and magical moments get put one side to the other, i.e. Um, the gauntlet gets slammed in, right? And now we can't easily sidestep anymore, yeah. and this is all gone. And what they call it is Fenris gets trapped. Now, it really mm-hmm. seems yep. to me like the get might be a little mentally challenged a bit because of time. Now, what do I mean by that? Like, they just, like, they're anachronistic on purpose. Like, there's something going on that they don't get. Because the way they write this, they stop the presses and goes, and then Fenris was trapped. And the worm dragged him back, and now we can't connect with him as easy as we could. We can only speak through an avatar. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, get that's every tribe. That's every <laughs> single tribe. Yeah, that's called the gauntlet. The weaver? You know about the weaver? Yeah, we don't know what that was. It came out of nowhere. Like, that's, that's another minion of the, of the worm, isn't it? Like, no. 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 <laughs> not, not in the did slightest, they, my guy. Did they not get the memo? <laughs> Right? Who did not think to get? Who didn't tell them what was going on? But Striders, make, I'm looking at you. <laughs> right, but they make sense of this, right? They talk about what's the Get's MO. When everything's calm, they're at home practicing the war. Right? What's their pastime? War. What are they always doing? Training. What are they doing when they're not training? Sleeping and eating. Well, you're a whole lot of fun. No, you want fun. Like Brennan said, the Fianna, they're fun. The, yep. the Get Trade Warriors, right? And their whole purpose Spartans, is... Spartans, what is your profession? Right, exactly. Exactly, Nick. Spartans, what is your profession indeed? And I and I love they bring that into this book uh, because the humor part's there. But they got they got just the right amount of attitude uh, to, to hit that point just before they become the, the type of people that you don't want that you don't want to you don't want to deal with, right? Um Yep. Rolling it forward though, as I as I feel every inch of the book is is gold. Uh, but let's let's stick the hot buttons here. Um, well, we should probably hash this out. We don't got a choice. Um, Tear should be mentioned here, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's because yeah. they they accuse Tear of being well. Tear's a member of their tribe. They just take another famous name and say that's a Get of Fenris. And Tear started whining. He's the first Get in history to whine to Fenris. Yep. Now, I don't know about you guys. To me, the balls. You gotta have to whine to Fenris must be mighty indeed. Yeah, it, it takes a weird kind of cowardly courage to say, I don't wanna fight all the time. Right? To go like, hey Fenris, you know, maybe sometimes we just need to reach out with a mug of our best mead and a hug and uh help these people realize that if we hey, if they just sign up for our personal training course, you know, we got a little CrossFit mixed with some fisticuffs and wrestling. You too can take on a thunderworm, and and fifteen thousand Roman lead or fifteen thousand Roman troops to kill is our new pact for life cardio plan that any guru could sign up for. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and Fenris is like, "Excuse me," and everyone was like, "Oh, kill him." Mm-hmm. You're talking to Fenris and crying about die. 
we don't need you. And two goes, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. How do I make this right, Fenris? And Fenris is like, choose. Does my arm work? And he chomps it off. Yeah. He just bites his arm off. But then Tyr immediately yep. goes, well, now I earned the right to whine. You'll see. That's a, <laughs> right? that's such a shitty, <laughs> shitty approach to that. Like, I think we've yep. all met someone that's like that at some point, right? It was like, right. well, I, oh, I just wanted to punch him in the throat. So he runs. It's right. It's the it does what you think he does, right? His arm got bit off. I can't so. believe he actually bit my hand off. <laughs> right. Jesus, you know, it was a joke. You know how shitty this guy was. He's walking around yeah. going, you know, he bit my arm off, and then the worm is sitting in the corner, right? The worm's like, hey, buddy. Didn't you have two arms when I saw you last? <laughs> These when guys missed the dark. It's not funny. My dad bit it off. Ah, oh, that sucks, bro. Well, hey, I got a spare arm. I, I, you don't want it though. It's you know, no, really. Like, would you have bit my arm off? No, nah, I, I wouldn't have bit your arm off. Why don't you tell us the story? Gather around, guys. Gather around. What what happened here? Does he have two heads and tendrils? Yeah, and I I exude slime every now and again, but ignore that. Um, tell us what happened here. What's what's the big deal? Yeah. You want us to help you get rid of that guy? He's like, yeah, we're working on a plan, but we need someone to walk over and throw these chains around him. If we can just get someone to walk over, get close enough, and throw these chains around him, we'll grab him and drag him away, and you won't have Fenris to worry about anymore. Sounds great. And he goes and does it. That's how they do it. There's no real explanation. It's like they got together, went and did it, and that and that's what the Fenris yep. think. That's what the get a Fenris believe happened. Right? That's what he says clear as the nose in your face. So, yep, they dragged him away because Tyr's a jerk. He's a whiny baby <laughs> jerk. And that's what he chose to do. And he used the word to do it. Otherwise, it couldn't happen. Now, screw him. And and because Fen- great Fenris got dragged back, all the totems got dragged back. Because nobody could yep. stand up and fight if it weren't for Fenris here. So, it's now twice as hard for everybody. <laughs> Go, Tyr. Right? Just- I, I can see the first right. moot where that story was told. And the silent strider is like, actually, I think in the fianna is like, no, 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 shut up. This is gold. <laughs> right? You hear, the, you hear the glass walkers? This is profound. Like, I can't understand why they, how, you really think that's true, bro? Like, there's some totems that weren't even, like, what What year is this again? And he's like, don't don't say that. Leave him alone. <laughs> why? He doesn't talk in, in, in years. He talks in bang rocks. I'm serious. They just slap them together to progress the story along, and that's all they do, right? Because because what they do next is that after they go from tier, they're like, well, I guess we'll have to be great and only deal with Fenris's avatar like every other tribe. They they jump forward and go, yeah, and then the wars happen, right? After years of us not knowing what to do and it's kind of boring and whatnot, rifts develop in the tribe. There are people who kind of have issues and stuff goes on and, you know, we just decide that we're going to listen to our kin and focus on it. And then that madman Hitler pops up and stuff and stuff happens. But let's get this straight. The get are not racial bigots here. We just didn't like to see our kinfolk spread too thinly. All right, that's what it is. And that's what this war did for them, right? And what they're trying to say is that uh, they, their overall opinion and feeling uh, as a tribe is that genocide is cowardly and pathetic. That their duty is not to destroy the weak, but to make the weak stronger. I'll repeat mm-hmm. that. Their duty is not to destroy the weak, but to make the weak stronger. That Jormungandr is not picky. He will find allies anywhere, even among our own. And if they are weak, then he will claim more for his army. And if they're of our stock, because we didn't take the time to make them stronger, then they will be an enemy strong and united against us. And so it doesn't work out, you know? And it says they're superior because they strive for perfection. 
not for the skin color or the religious beliefs of their kinfolk. Mm -hmm. These distinctions are hardcore. They're in the book. They're in print. And, you know, I feel I've actually stated a lot on it. You could read further in it, but it more than defends itself. Right? I don't need me to say anything. I just happen to back it 100%. And uh, that's, that's what happens there. Now, to note what they do in World War II, though, it's, it's tragic. Because there are people in their tribe, and by the way, they were written this way to be realistic. When you're living amongst the people culturally and you're there, just like in Germany, there were people who agreed, uh, clearly agreed with, with Hitler... And or agreed with the Nazis, I should say, and went with that. But there were there were more that opposed, right? Didn't want it to happen. Were seeking help, and you know the world united against that madman. That's what the get did, right? You gotta get imagine there were get offenders in America that were hanging out doing their thing, and when that stuff started going down, they heard of this war coming up. They were like, "Yeah, they gotta back their kinfolk. That's tough. We understand it, but they're gonna handle like get. May the best get win." You're going to be out there one to fight the other, that's that. But when it got so big, you know, and they were, and basically they make this distinction. When the Germanic get who opposed Hitler uh, were, were losing, they came over to the Americas, you know, via Moonbridge and everything and said, look, we're losing. This isn't a joke. This guy's warm like you wouldn't believe. And here's what he's been doing. And it just incensed the get offenders in the Americas. That's, yep. that's what happened. When they went over there, they were out for blood. Because, like we just said, they, they believe it's weakness. They were not aware, much like the world, until it was too late, that they believed in genocide. That that's what this was about. They had, you know, there was... Simple fact, folks, is that when, if a war breaks out in a part of the world, the whole world doesn't get involved. Right? That's what politics is. That's, that's what bureaucracy is. There's reasons that nations go to war. However, there's certain circumstances where everyone's going to intervene. And until the circumstances are proven, that's what it is. And it kind of highlights this in this book. However, when that's met, lines are crossed. They go and they smoke them, right? They kill them, hopefully all of them. However, they even point out, we didn't get all of them, right? It's kind of hard to do that. It's much like if you remember Vietnam. Um, it's great that we want to go over there and we thought we were doing something or whatever. But even though we're a larger nation, they had territory on their side. They know where to hide and hit and run tactics do produce nutrition, we, we couldn't easily overcome. And this is more or less the same thing. And you went over and stopped the big guy, the bad guy, but there were things that fell apart. Now, we're going to get to camps, so I'm going to turn it over here, because uh, I know I see me dominating, and I apologize. I just kind of want to rush through that to get to the good stuff. Now, the good stuff we're talking about here is, number one, and I'm going to take this one, uh, they talk about that they have Valkyrie as a camp that show up out of nowhere, Right. Uh, but before mm -hmm. the Valkyrie, we even need to mention them. They act like they're a myth. There's no need for them. Right? This this, this, this Rodegar says, yeah. like, quote, there are rumors of a camp, but then our ranks, right? The Valkyria of Freya. And, like, they allegedly fight against us, working in secret with the Black Fairies to gain equal rights. It's bullshit. They wouldn't do that. And why? It's a long-known principle in Scandinavian amongst us, especially the females among our tribe have the same rights as the males. There is no weird distinction, right? Whatever. It's, it's just like the males, they must prove themselves worthy of any title they fight for. Key here is fight for. Auspice is auspice. And if a woman is born under the full moon and is not called an Arun, that is her choice. I.e., just like the men, if you were born to be, uh, I believe it's a Modi, um, an Arun, amongst the Get, and you want to be a Galliard, you can undergo your own right of renunciation and make that choice. 
you don't you don't have to do that, right? Yep. But women do do that. And he points out in history there were two Jarls of Allget, right? Two leaders they had that were women and were badasses. Were rip roaring badasses. Yep. They took on all comers. Here's the thing though, for the get, their culture is in a time of peace, anybody can challenge you. Mm-hmm. So they always, in a peaceful time, there's a challenge met from somewhere to challenge that Jarl as much as they can. Eventually, someone's going to win. And that happens to both of them, right? You'll learn in Revise, there's one up there, though. It's the reigning champion, and she's an even bigger badass than, than most yep. you read about. Uh, but this proves right there <laughs> that there's a camp out there of these, of these Valkyrie, and we'll, we'll jump to them only so we can roll into the other stuff. 100% Nick. There is controversy, though. Uh, did you notice in the in the Black Furies part later on where it says, where, you know, they talk about the, the get viewpoint on Black Furies. It says they should fight against us when, or they fight against us when they should submit to us. There is no honor denying the rights of men to rule over women. Women need the leadership of men to keep them strong in these last days. There's something in, this is coming from the same guy. This is important. This is important distinction. What you said. What was the beginning part of that? They fight against us when they should submit to us. No, no, no. You said who's saying that in what context? Uh, the the same authors is talking about this. The same speaker in this book is talking about this when they're talking about the the get viewpoint on uh, uh-huh. on the black. Fears. And that's the distinction. If you notice every viewpoint in First Ed, every viewpoint comes from typically the author, in an extremist point. This whole book, he doesn't dig in deep on anybody in showing those roots. However, when it gets to these points about viewpoints, it's like hot buttons to throw out there that are typical, right? And why I defend it is because every every book has that, where it's like a different person wrote it. You know, it's like, is that the author? Is it someone different? And it just, it literally throws it in. So I, I'd contest that uh, because it's not made that point earlier, right? And we just heard a point of equality yeah, thrown I mean, through. It's an interesting thing. But what it is, is it's propaganda. And it's propaganda to do what it's doing right now. It's not controversy. It's designed to make you go, oh, okay, so that, that tribe could be one. It's kind of a dick comment to make. But it contradicts. Right? It contradicts a lot. I, I, I find it like uh, it just more confusing than it is anything. Not not because like it's hard to understand, but because it unnecessarily fogs up the water like it there's no better description it's not unnecessary than yeah, I, what you I don't just think covered. it is because that highlights the fact that this is a tribe which is comprised of multiple individuals and all of them are going to have different viewpoints on the 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 tenants they have right so in this case what culling the weak making the weak stronger that's one gets viewpoint on the black furies whereas a circle back to the one talking about the valkyrie right he'd have a completely different one like if they f- if they fight back when they should be surrendering, it's because they lost a challenge and they should surrender, right? According to the litany and the get should take it. But the other person apparently doesn't see that and should see the Black Furies is always surrendering. I would also say my impression of this, that's going to be the minority standpoint and not uh, and just a source of conflict in the tribes. It's well, it's well said. I, I couldn't have put I it will, better. I'll also add to it, it's... One of the things, especially when you're taking a look at the tribe books in general, as much of a hero and protagonist you think werewolves are, they're the exact same as vampires, right? The world of darkness is built on 
you know the the the, the dark hero or like the I forget what the anti-hero. There we go. That's what mm-hmm. that's what I was looking for. The anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. There are things about this tribe, especially having when we joked about it, and we were talking about that hype, the whole J.J. Abrams effect, right? You start glossing over the failings of the tribe itself. So, for example, one of the things they spoke about, especially during World War One, they didn't get involved. Why? Because that's a human issue. That's not a get issue, right? Which also distinguishes where and how they wore. But it also tells you what they pick their fights over. And also taking a look at the camps, much as it was said before, there should be no reason there's a camp. We're all as one. We It's the same thing right. throughout. But exactly, there is Exactly right? my point. Exactly. Yeah. So there's always that hypocrisy that builds in within. But that's where you start seeing the dark story and the sad story about how sometimes they get, <laughs> for example, as Bob was saying earlier, don't they understand your, your avatar is stuck behind the gauntlet? Get mine too thick to understand that. There's, <laughs> so that's just, you know. There's a lot there, but uh, what I was scratching at, Brent made a great point, so did Nick, but what I'm scratching at is, is that when you make a tribe book, you're trying to include everybody. When you make mm-hmm. a clan book, yeah. you're trying to include everybody. You want everybody to try to mm-hmm. play this book. Something out of this book. And so they're not writing an instruction manual for you to play every single get every single time. That you have to be this way. And that's why camps are even written in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that's it's the same thing as when you look at, you know, any any vampire book and they have uh, if they have like distinctions and different culture Actions. and stuff that go through right it's it's gonna happen and um, the important thing to remember is that the confusing effect that someone is getting is because you're not digesting it in the entertainment way it was delivered right it's what it is simply you got to back up a pace so what it's saying is is whatever concept you have in your head when you're reading this tribe book because this this book was written assuming you're playing one. You're not done yet, but you're going to play one. And as you have this concept in your head and you're reading through, that's some of the history. There's the general. And the high general one, DJ already pointed out, it's really high octane and good and everybody's awesome and everything's cool. And no, we don't feel this way. But this section goes into camps and viewpoints of other tribes. Now, this mm-hmm. is to the modern as well. We're not talking about the history where it's kumbaya. Mm-hmm. There's fractions. <laughs> we're, we're now really fractured as the get offenders in the modern because we didn't stomp off everything. Right? There's, there's some camps that developed. And some are some are really, really strong, at least in first set at this time. And so the Valkyries are one, right? And just to finish them out um, and make it real simple, they're they're the women walking around kicking the shit at everybody, but forget. Uh-huh. Right? What I mean by that is that you join them. No, they're not teamed up with the Black Furies because they don't need them. And the Black Furies to them look weak. Why? We're Scandinavian descended get offenders women who can stand on our own too, swing with the best of them, and we'll stand against anyone who wants to say to the otherwise. And it's that simple, you know? And because of that, when you think of the... Dis- in other words, they don't want to be seen. They're not. I don't even want to see be seen. They're not victims, and they'll prove it. That's the point of them. And uh, they're they're badasses. And that's that, I think that's very cool in distinction of a camp. Now, why they're a camp, though, is because they also point out there are Jarls who see them as a threat. Right? There are male leaders in other places who are like, well, these freaking Valkyries are coming around. You know, one of them is going to challenge me, and I might lose to him. That's garbage, and I'm going to lose to one of them, and blah, 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 blah. And so they got to look out for each other. Right? Imagine if the MMA, uh, the mixed martial arts world UFC, decides to say that women can compete against the men. Right? Similar weight class, and they're going to punch up whatever they agree sign on to do it. We're just not going to do the heavyweights because no girl's going to get that build until we get a girl to step up to do it. And when they decide to do it, skill for skill, pound for pound, you start having women destroying men. You're going to have guys who are going to take a misogynistic bend to mess with them. They're trying to make it seem like you should never challenge me because I'll destroy you. You don't want to do this. You don't want to go there. But that's probably going to be the exact guy they want to go after, right? The louder, more threatening they appear, they're going to make a name. 
And that's how I kind of took that camp. And I think it's interesting that they're there. Not even that I'm right, but that's that's how I look at them. Uh, but there are other camps. And, and warring through these war camps, warring through the war camps, getting <laughs> through these camps, um, beyond the Valkyries of Freya, we have the Hand of Tear. And uh, Nick, what's the Hand of Tear? So these guys are the guys who, who take it on themselves to deal with the human corruption uh, that happens from the worm. So they go into the city. They find those people that, that prey on the innocent, and they hunt them, and they eliminate them. No jokes, no ifs, ands, or buts about it's it. It's Mjolnir's They're like, uh, I thought. No. Oh, that's, no. The, that's for the worm stuff. For the spiritual uh, corruption. No, uh, Nick, Nick is right. Uh, the, the Hand of Tear akin to the Judge Dreads of the Geta Fenris. I call them the Punishers. Yeah, right? same They thing. just show Tomato up potato. and they eliminate yeah. the problem uh-huh. with prejudice. No, no. no, Thunder is different. They're like Mjolnir the Thunder. shock troops, right? They will go into freaking like hives. They don't care yeah. where it is. They Now, I will say to your point, Bob, I could see... Uh, Mjolnir's thunder going to the same human as a hand of tear and walking killing into them. a thunder worm. Like right. you'll see, Whoa. you'll see them walk into a thunder worm, but pause, like Rambo because it's different, right? Because it, it, you got to think of Mjolnir's thunder is pretty much Judge Jury. Ex- well, I'm sorry, you're right. The hand of tear is more that. However, Mjolnir's thunder camp member is going to walk in in the middle of fucking Uganda where it's the, the fights happening, people are dying left and right, but he's not after those tribes. People could be killing each other and, he, and that's not what he's there for. So he's no walking cares. directly into the tent of that worm, th- like, you know, African warlord to take him out. Mm-hmm. That is more Mjolnir's thunder. Like, that's his purpose. He doesn't care about humans because that they, they're dealing with their own thing. I'm here to p- specifically take something out. And when it comes, yeah. you're going to hear it. Now, what I'm doing is a bit shitty. Um, and I'm doing that. But I am testing you guys' knowledge because these camps do blend. They blur. Yes, they so do. So the yeah. Hand of Tear yep. is not the ones that go into a city and deal with humans. It's the things of Garm. And that's why I threw that so, out there. If you read the Hand of Tear, they are the executioners, but they do this to anybody mercilessly, right? They're the ones who will not negotiate to do a damn thing for you in, in relation of, like, mercy. Because they're the ones trying to live off the stink of Fenris's anger to Tear. Right, but the distinction between that and the things of Garm is Tear is Tear's retribution, its punishment. Garm is more proactive. They will go out and they will fight. It yeah. even talks about them actually founding like organizations to fight like the influence of Pentex owned corporations. Right, or other corporations. But, but, but hold on, hold on, uh-huh. slow your roll. I'm going off of what Nick said. To go into a city mm. and hunt people influentially, mm. that is, I'm not saying he's wrong. It's the hand of tear is mentioned Ooh. in there in the, in the things of the description. But you're reading through there. And they're not the people who are touching that. They're touching something different in the camps of distinction fields, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So the things of Garm are those who deal like the children of Gaia, as it mm-hmm. says, right? And that's what they're going to do. So it's more of an activist field. Yeah. They're the nicest ones to go on and do that. And that's yep. where I want that feel from this podcast to be because that's what they are right but the hand of tear is more yep. terrifying than that right there's someone who i feel nick was in the right they're vein. like uh yeah they're they they like i said like the punisher like they are something to be feared because when they show up somebody is going to die exactly uh when the fangs of garm show up it's it's these are these are people who are trying to talk things out their entire thing the reason why they talk about the fangs of garm is because Garm is what's hap- is what happens when you go too far. They consider it like rage 
unleashed. And they, uh, they, they, they think about that, you know, like that they had to, you know, restrain Garm in Niflheim. And the reason is, is because it went too wild. So they, they, they use that as their example to never go too far, to never let their anger go too far. Right. Hand of Tear. That's what happens when you're too fucking soft. Right. And, and Hand of Tear is that. That's the example. That Doombringer is going to be that. Now, Mjolnir's Thunder, to back what DJ was saying, they're called killing machines. Mm-hmm. Right? That's distinctly different from an executioner. You may be wondering how. Is an executioner a killing machine? (laughs) Now, those hearing that distinction, yeah, well, let me help you out here. An executioner is going to let you know why you're being executed. Mm -hmm. There's just no mercy when they do it. You have two people, a guru made it with a guru, and it's done at the blood fist sept? Yes. Someone from the Hand of Tear will travel from wherever in the world they heard that they're going there to see that justice is done. Mm -hmm. Done. No question asked. However... The difference being a killing machine, someone from Mjolnir's Thunder healers that those two guru that were guru that mated did it in a building and they found evidence that there might be a bane nest that came from it or was nearby that influenced them doing what they did. That guy goes in and kills everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? That it has any the building team. for good measure. Right. If it's if they're a problem. Yep. Right? This is <laughs> they mentioned them as people. <laughs> there's like a paragraph, and the feeling I get from it is yeah, Mjolnir's Thunder probably has a lot of people from Tyr looking for them. Yeah. Right? You went, <laughs> they might. You went and did something and should you have? Right? That's sort of that there. But it's easy to get lost in that distinction, right? If you don't have that, because they all have some cool names, right? Mjolnir's Thunder, mm-hmm. Hand of Tyr, Things The glorious Fist of Wotan. Right. That's my personal favorite. And, uh, and, and what is the glorious Fist of Wotan? It is a primarily <laughs> lupus-founded camp. That, uh, well, they don't like people, Bob. They pretty much get a Fenris that are also Red Talons, and I love them. I will, I will well, be well, well, completely I'm unbiased. I'm going your head. They get a Fenris that are also Red Talons? Uh, no, they're not also Red Talons, but they're pretty goddamn close. I'll accept your apology to Fenris. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that goes. What is that about? Um, so, um... It's interesting, right? But if you don't know what the Red Talon beliefs are, that's why the point is you should speak more to why they're right. called the Glorious Fist of Woden, if you would. Yeah, so uh, they're another radical group that largely will... Well, they're known for stalking and killing humans that are endangering like the, the environment, uh, wolves or species, just generally being wormy, and they don't... There's no quarter there. There's no mercy given, but they also go to extremes... They remind me, they read very much like they're the Predator Kings. Like, they really, really want another Impergium. There's another thing about Wotan, though. Yep. If you remember, the name Wotan means human. Right. right. That's that's where it comes from. The god of human, right, is mm-hmm. what it is. And in, in the way they believe, at the end, at Ragnarok, Fenris is supposed to eat Wotan. Right? Mm-hmm. And so the belief is Fenris eats humankind. Mm-hmm. That's not what that means. Right, it means it's going to eat Woden, the god of man, because it's assumed that Woden is corrupted by the worm. Because look at man's overpopulous and what they're doing with it, and how they're a breeding ground for easily being taken over by the worm. So it's assumed the Fenris write the wheel, right? With Fenra, Woden gets eight, they write the wheel, we go back in order, and everything's in balance. It's an interesting theory, but that's what the Fist of Woden is doing. That's why they take that name. They're ahead of the curve. They're doing it before Fenris gets involved. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm saying they're not Predator Kings. It's important to note that. They're not that at all. The Predator Kings, as you have read, is way more extreme. There is no reason other than you're human. 
that they're doing. I know it doesn't look like it, but the getter fenders would eventually stop, right? When they're told, okay, hold up, there's, there, the populace is now righted. We stop this new impergium, and we now teach them and make sure it doesn't do that again. The Predator Kings are going to say, nah, we wipe them out. Yeah, the Impergium doesn't go far enough we're is their idea. We're almost there. We're almost there. Right. <laughs> so close. We're, we're close to it. Uh, but that leaves us sort of Heimdall, DJ, and I'll, I'll roll that to you, sir. What do we got going on with them? Well, the Swords of Heimdall, they believe... It, it's This is one of the viewpoints that we've been speaking about before. Their viewpoint is that they will not brook any type of weakness. And in terms of that, that means that only the kinfolk outside of Guru especially those that are get are those that should be allowed to live. One, not only because they're breeding stock, but two, because they simply are affiliated and they have get of Fenris blood in them. This is where you're probably going to get most of your antagonists coming in from because they believe in that racial purity. They're more than likely to join up with the clan or with your neo-Nazi groups uh, because they kind of espouse that idea. This is the, uh, I mean, they say it right in there. I mean, I, I don't know if I didn't catch that, uh, but one line they have in here in the book that said they have joined with human groups like the Ku Klux Klan and neo-Nazis, uh, praising the belief yeah. that all others must die simply because we are the strong and they are the weak. And here's the thing. Even in the sentiment they admit in here, these, these people are wrong, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're wrong. They are misinterpreting uh, what that, that should mean and where they should be getting that from because they're not understanding what is considered strength, right? They Again, well, actually, I won't say again. I feel we did it like five times now. You get the idea that they only... Their determination of strength has nothing to do with who you are and where you're from. It's everything to be what you have accomplished yourself. You. You cannot accomplish something that all of your people will be considered to be strong because you did it. You will be judged for you and only you. So that means I can be great, but Brendan's got to be great. Nick's got to be great. And DJ's got to be great. We all have to compete to, to do something of equivalent to, for the tribe to recognize this as theirs. So we all got to do something to earn that strength caliber, right? Mm. So in other words, we don't reward people who sit back on their laurels and try to say, hey, I was part of that pack that did that cool thing. Because being a part of it doesn't mean you did it, right? Unless in that pack you did do it, right? And then that's and then that's different. But these sorts of Heimdall cats, when you research uh, neo-Nazi groups and skinhead groups and whatnot, they do things that they steal from culture that they have no right to do it from. Because they're trying to grasp on any element of strength that you can get from a, from a story to make them feel better, to make them feel that they're in the right or that they can carry their bullshit because their shit's hollow. It's hollow and trite. It's not even, hey, man, don't you shame that your, you know, your, your white blood isn't, uh, you know, your brother's, you know, it's not, hey, because uh, your hair color, you know, you know, all this. They can't even formulate a decent argument to state one way or another why that is, right? Because you can't. You know, you're all humans, all capable of doing the same things everyone else's do if you choose to do it. That's not even, that's scientifically and religiously proven, right? There's there's no way to even even have budgerum on it. But it's a form of control that they want to establish. If I can convince Nick that by Nick's color of skin, he's better than a group of people, and every day I can fuel in his head that, yeah, no, it is, dude, seriously, it is. And when we find these people, I'm going to prove it to you. Hey, did you know today, did you... You ever catch a clock appear at like the hour of eleven eleven? Right? Mm -hmm. Notice that's weird? Or been like, oh, that's kind of weird. Didn't the other day I catch it eleven eleven as well? No, it's odd how that works out, right? It's like a weird memory thing, stuff like that. These people use bullshit tricks like that. Like that's just happenstance. 
right? It's nothing. You probably have a clock that goes off at 11.10 and you just pay attention to the noise it makes at 11.11 or whatever it is. Whatever the circumstance, people made hype about that, right? That the, uh, the 11th sign, the 11th hour, the number 11, there's places you can look up weird shit about that all the time. It's just imagination going running wild with it. But it can control people if you get enough agreeing that that means something. And so that's the tactic they use. However, you need a symbol for it to be effective. And who taught them that, I wonder? Well, the simple answer is, is that when you have groups that start, it's usually something sad, right, where it comes from. A group of farmers get together to defend their land because people are trying to take it over. And at the time, frontier era, the enemy was on all sides and no one cared what happened to them. And so they got together to watch their neighborhood and look out for one another. However, as time progresses and people get bored and action just isn't happening there, suddenly they're making reasons as to why they're better because this town wouldn't be here if they didn't do what they did. Right? And then you can see where this goes. They're learning that they have power and respect because they did something good, but then eventually it turns wrong and you get the whole nine how it goes out. And it's not to give them a platform at all, but it's to understand why they're great villains to knock down. When it comes to this book, the sort of Heimdall um, lists in there that they got to be cleaned out because they, they muddy the purpose. They're wrong. And, and that's it. Uh, but they're also a good reason why get fight get or that'll mm-hmm. break out. It's an easy way to do it. Or if, as they said, you want to commit suicide. What was it about tear? Tell someone that get is weaker than tear. That tears great or something like that to pick a fight. Oh, it's the, yeah, the story yeah, yeah. of how uh, the the uh, the Imperium and the delirium. That uh, humans suffer, it, it makes Get look like the bad guy and Tyr is the good guy for putting him in chains. Mm-hmm. It's hot garbage. It's propaganda. It's what throws it around. But it's symbology. I don't need to tell you nothing. Your internet fingers won't help you find. So Symbolism. Symbolism. Memeology. So anyway, that's, uh, that's how it goes. <laughs> Parts are skipping. There are gifts in this book. They update most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and revise and in War yep. of 21. We need, don't need to get into those. Um, but there, there are cool beginnings, if you're curious, it's in here. They got rights in here, too, which is cool. They also have optional tribal weaknesses. That's something we tend to rush over because mm-hmm. you either use them or you don't, and they're optional. I've, most games don't use them I've been in, uh, but they're they're fun, right? They're not they're not bad. And, uh, you know, salted taste, as they said. Templates to boot, and I think they're hardcore. Um, except I believe there was one legendary person we want to mention out of here that we we enjoyed, I know I enjoyed it. I was talking to Nick and said we'd save it for here. Um, you want to take a stab at her name, Nick? Uh, yeah, as soon as I can find her. Just give me a sec here. Ah. Yes. Uh, Brunhild Blood Avenger. It's a... Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a tongue twister for me to stare at that name and go, uh-huh. <laughs> it for me. So I, I guess uh, let's just let's just roll right into it. So this is just a this is an old a Scandi lady, you know, uh, back in eighteen hundreds, or I'm sorry, eight hundreds, not eighteen hundreds, eight hundreds. So back in the way back, and uh, and she's uh, she ends up like getting the gift, but not realizing it. So she gets to the point where she has a whole family, and. Uh, and, you know, she has like a husband, three kids, you know, going about their life. She's out there like knocking turnips in the ground or whatever you do. Right. And uh, and eventually, uh, you know, she goes off somewhere. And while she's away, um, a bunch of people just start 
a bunch of trolls come into the village, just start destroying everything, right? She gets back, finds her like destroyed house and her, her dead husband and her dead children and, uh, and a missing daughter and nothing but troll prints everywhere or whatever you find to determine it was trolls, right? <laughs> Immediately loses her shit in rage, right? Like that just takes over her understands now what she is right begins hunting down these trolls and along the way she's approached by you know different things that challenge her starts ripping them to shreds right and and eventually catches the eye of fenris who looks at her and says you know what would you uh what, what do you want more than life and she says revenge and he simply says one simple nod and then gives her a gift he does say that, but a part that stuck with me but, but before that moment was when she finds she catches up with her daughters, right? And when she sees their ruined yeah, yeah, remains, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, I, I left that I left that open, but I forgot to close right. it. Yeah, so uh, she finds her daughter um, and says that her daughter's fists are covered in blood, which means that when she discovered her daughter, her daughter had been fighting back, and she was proud of her. Because she didn't go without a fight. And just and just carried on, right? It was like that, not done, move on. Um, but what does she do? So, so, so Fenris gives her the nod. Yeah, so he gives her the nod, you know, gives her a gift. She, she wanders into a camp of 40 trolls and then proceeds to kill them all, decapitate them, string all their heads together, and then bring them home, where she just creates like a jack-o'-lantern menagerie in her front yard of all these troll heads. And, 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 you know, you might be wondering, what did Fenris give her? Insurmountable rage. She wanted revenge and gave her insurmountable rage, a rage she couldn't put to the side. And she suffered grievous wounds from fighting those trolls, but kept going. She kept going until yep. she got back to the village and called them all to her to show that her family name had been, had been avenged. And then she died. Only mm-hmm. then did she pass. And the, the get, take that as an example of uh of sacrifice and, and rage and and what not quitting means right what what it takes yep. uh to be what they are i think it's a great story right and and one of the number one reason why i think it's a great story is because like we you read in the book right there's some get that feel women can't and here's a story about yeah they can and uh, very much mm-hmm. so it's like but it's also a story that tells you that any get should right that's that's how that goes and uh, you're yep. not going to accept anything. They drew the line in the sand. And there's other great stories there, too. Uh, one of the greatest get names in there, I think, is Krieger Tears Out the Heart of the Worm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a great name. We won't get into them, but it's 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 how they name people by deed, right? And he's a lupus. is a good one, too. And uh, that's that. Um, that's going to complete the Get a Fenner's Tribe book, first edition. Uh, I certainly had fun doing it, guys. What would you think of the book? Loved it. I was lukewarm on Get a Fenris, honestly, before I popped open this book, but this has made me uh, a believer in him. Ah, get out of here, lukewarm. Get out of here. I see what you did there. G- you, oh, man. You're not punny, Stop with the- Nick. All right. I you're think we're done. You, you I, I'm not trying out. to be punny. I, I don't have time for humor. I'm too busy slaying my enemies, you weakling. Go dance with your Fianna and get drunk. I will. That sounds like a blast. It's a, it's a thing I would here. <laughs> I definitely would say that uh, this is probably, if you're a fan of Ron Spencer as an artist, this is probably some of his best work I've ever seen put to a book. Ooh. Definitely. His art was, even uh, Brunhild's Blood Avenger was on point. I, I think, if anything alone, yep. you folks need inspiration, 
Ron Spencer's artwork in this book was amazing. I get it. My hat's off to the authors here. I, I think it's a, it's a great book that carried Werewolf forward uh, to, a, to a different light. Um, and I also actually like the Werewolf Tribe books. I think up to this point, it's telling an interesting story. And yep. the same story is what I'm enjoying from different perspectives, yes. right? Which is a cool thing of events that happened and took place. So um, for fun, folks, they do have a timeline that I found in a World of Darkness uh, website. Um, you can find it easily. I'm just sure if you put in Werewolf Timeline, you can type it in and check it out. Um, they, they pull up and they go through a series of events. Uh, they also put it in a book, too, although I told you this in haste. I forgot what book it's in. Uh, but I think it's Werewolf 20. It might be. Don't hold me to that. We'll put it in the credits. I'll find it after this, uh, Brennan, and we'll, uh, we'll post it here so folks can see that, too. Uh, but why I say the timeline is because as they, it's cool to see First Ed and how they tell a tale. And I, and I like how Revised seems like when they updated it, they're jumping with all the signs, apocalypse, and things like that ramping up. It's cool to see. It's kind of fun. Um, so we'll get to that, too. But I want to thank all of you again for showing up for this. Uh, I know it's a, know it's a good time and you didn't have a choice, but uh, thank you. And uh, <laughs> thank everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Questions, comments, anger, com, whatever. You want to throw it in our direction, you know where to find us. And uh, tune in next time. Next week is Requiem. Do we know the book? I'm not certain if we ever announced that. Like, we got away from that. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. We yeah. went Storytellers uh, Chronicle. I'm not, I'm not going to be held down, Bob. Yeah, we're, we're in debate. <laughs> well, you might be if you get within arm's reach. <laughs> we're in debate. I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's good. It's good. We'll be there. We'll have another one, though. Thanks, folks. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to our 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, at our email, info at 25YearsVTM.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25YearsVTM or on our website, www.25YearsVTM.com. If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25YearsOfVampireTheMasquerade.